Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Spotlight Series. This is the show where we choose a genre every month and we go through some of the best, usually not any bad ones, but the best of that genre and what it has for us. So, we are in Heist Month and Katie and I, we sat down and I always try to find some of the fringe, some of the different movies in any type of genre. With Greg, we did Army of the Dead, and that's a zombie heist film, and a really good one. Then we did Train to Busan, Peninsula, and that's of high, another heist film. You know, people going into a zone full of zombies trying to get money to make their lives better. And while we were sitting trying to think of another heist film, and there's tons of them that are a little more realistic, it hit us that Disney and Star Wars actually came up with a heist film and it's i think and i don't know if this is a hot take because i know someone else that thinks this movie is probably the best out of just about everything you're talking about me that is absolutely correct i think ryan too he loves rogue one this is the best star wars i know he really likes han solo too he loves solo Mm. but this is the best star wars film yeah but we are talking about rogue one a star wars story so In 2015, actually probably before that, that's when Disney purchased the whole Star Wars, just everything, from Lucas. Well, from George Lucas. Yes. And they had all these ideas, and I I always bring this up to Katie, and she says, yeah, I get it, you know. But when Disney has a hot commodity on their hands, they dip their toe and it, when people are like, dang, that's, that's really, really good. Give me more. And they're like, oh, you want more? Well, we'll give you everything. Sometimes that works out for them. Sometimes it does not. So with the Star Wars arc, they dropped one movie added to the Skywalker saga. So every movie, if you really sit down and think about it, this whole series. It's all the Skywalker. It's, it's all, well, the first six, it's about Anakin. I am bad. No, I'm good. Psych. And throws a, throws an oatmeal-faced man into a hole. Yeah. And then the later three, it's still Anakin's family fucking around. <laughs> so yeah. it, it never goes away. But it's just about the Skywalkers saving slash destroying the world, honestly. So after the rousing success of Force Awakens, no matter how you feel about it, that movie made all the money because... It's a new Star Wars film, and a lot of people say, hey, that movie was just episode four, newer and shinier. Kind of, but it was fucking good, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I had an absolute amazing time watching it. But after that movie made them at least a billion dollars, Disney's like, oh, well, let's crack out some more ideas that people want to see. And the first movie in the anthology film series that they were going to do called Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So in episode four, as Luke is getting prepared to do a run on a Death Star toward the end of the movie, we find out from Mon Mothma, she is one of the head leaders of the Resistance, that a group of aliens, I can't remember which species, and I know there's people out there saying, it's this one, you dumbass, but they said a group of aliens sacrificed themselves to to give us these plans f- to show us where the weak spot on the Death Star is. And we can't let this go to waste, this opportunity we have. 
it was like this line that just goes by and i was like dang that sucks for those people you know they probably had to do a lot of sneaking around to get that and they died so so gareth edwards he was the one that directed this and then chris whites he helped write the screenplay for it and they thought of well how about we dig a little bit deeper into the group that actually did it and not just a group of aliens actually it's the complete opposite it's all humans (laughs) but let's show that idea let's talk about that heist that they did to steal the plans to the death star and how ridiculous and how suicidal that mission would be and i think it's one of the coolest ideas that i've seen in a hot minute when it comes to star wars you're gonna get lightsabers you're probably gonna get some type of skywalker somewhere fighting or just get a jedi or a sith in this movie it's the to the smallest degree and I actually appreciate the world of Star Wars when there isn't that many Jedi and or Sith around. Sometimes. There are some stories we've seen recently that, you know, sometimes there's some little people and they have powers and they get tiny little lightsabers sometimes, you know? So, but with this movie, it I, I think it's absolutely amazing. And the cast, it's stacked this movie was absolutely stacked so we have felicity jones she's jen urso she's the daughter of the guy galen urso that helped build the death star so you know she's got to go save her dad then we have diego luna and katie when the trailers for this movie came out i remember katie being super hyped still is hype about it i love him so much but uh as she said this is one of the first latino heroes like she got to see how, how did you word it? He's the first one in the Star Wars series that we've seen so far that got to see any action. Um, like, Jimmy Smith has been in several other Star Wars. He was in all, all of the prequels. Um, but he didn't really do anything. Um, like, he was just a senator. He didn't get to do any action. There was no not yeah. really any fighting. Like, I think he held a blaster for, like... A minute while he was like running away from some shit at one point but not very much action and he wasn't really like the protagonist of the story he was just like a side character uh so you got to see you know where the twins where one of the twins ended up eventually like he's important to the story but not the main character of the story and diego luna in this movie is a main character of this story um and I will forever, I stand Diego Luna, I have forever, like, since the first thing I saw him in, um, like, which I think was The Terminal, starring Tom Hanks, like, years and years and years ago. Um, but I love him so much. He's fantastic. And his representation of Hispanic people in media is fantastic because he is one of the few Hispanic, Latin American, whatever you want to call it, actors who refuses to give up their accent for a role. He has been asked and has said in many interviews many times that he will straight up refuse to if they ask him to in auditions. He says, nope, either you deal with my accent or you just don't hire me. Like, that's fine. (laughs) And I love him for that. Like, that's fucking beautiful. Diego Luna's the best. Yeah. So we got Ben Mendelsohn in this film. Mads Mikkelsen... Alan Tudyk, he is part of this beautiful, awesome group of people that get to voice a droid 
and, and be awesome at it. So I, he's K2SO is a really cool droid. This was like his, I want to say fifth, quote Disney role. Um, and since then he's he's at like twelve, I think. He has so many fucking like background character roles, <laughs> sidekick roles of him just voicing insane characters. Oh yeah. He's I mean he's he's awesome, so yeah. I I would try to get him into everything I could. He's the Duke of Wesselton in uh fucking Frozen. And then in Zootopia, he voices the Duke of Weaseltown. Oh, okay. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen Zootopia in a very long time. Oh, man. He's King Candy, you know. Have some candy. Have some candy. Yeah. We have Forrest Whitaker. He plays a character that pops up in the Clone Wars and other Star Wars-related, you know, media. Video games. Yeah, Saw Gerrera. And it's cool in uh, Fallen Order, you actually meet Saw... I can't remember how many years it's before. It's actually around the same time as the Obi-Wan show. I think Fallen Order happens around the same time. But you see Saw Gerrera and you actually help him fight off the Empire on so a probably planet. probably like right before he gets... Yeah, before he gets here. Jin. And yeah. it, it's pretty cool. Because he's like, oh shit, you're a Jedi. He's like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and so he... He's like, shit, you well, you can help us win this. He's like, yeah, I'm here for other reasons, but I'll help you out. <laughs> and so Katie said, Jimmy Smits. We have Anthony Daniels and Jimmy V. So C-3PO and R2-D2. They reprised their roles in little little spots in this movie. James Earl Jones, he re- reprises his role as the voice of Darth Vader. Yeah, because you know no one else can fucking do Darth Vader. Yes. So much so that... James Earl Jones has recorded hours and hours and hours and hours of his voice as Darth Vader so that in the, when he dies, Disney and uh, Lucasfilm still have lots and lots of usable audio to put him in to whatever comes next for Darth Vader. And this is the point where, so every time we've seen a Darth Vader in the, prequel trilogy we see him for like a probably second. two minutes max just where he says no yeah and you know we see him in the original trilogy and it's older this is the beginning of here's our new shiny sweet ass version and we've seen at this point we've seen darth vader multiple times and i will say i love being where i am in time and life that i get to see this HD, shiny, fresh-looking version of things. Yeah. Because we get to see Darth Vader. He's a very scary-looking yeah. person up front. And I oh, suppose yeah. if I saw the movie in the theater back in the day when I was a kid, you know, if, if I had, like, what, 12 years to my life, I'd have seen it live, and I'd have been like, holy shit, he's scary-looking. But we saw it later, and it wasn't as HD, you know. Yeah. But this is the point where people our age or a little bit older were like, no, when I was a kid, dude was scary. We're bringing him back, and he's going to look fucking awesome. So we got to see that. A couple of actors, they actually aren't alive, and they use some, what was it, deep faking technology to set him up. So the actor that played Grand Moff Tarkin back in the day was Peter Cushing. Yes. He, he's super gone, I believe he, in the 90s? He died in 1994. So he wasn't around, and 
he would absolutely positively be around. And so instead of trying to just avoid that issue and just be like, oh, Grandma Tarkin's in another room. <laughs> we only hear his voice. They used the technology that Disney's got the money for. Obviously, they got the money for. Yeah. And they made a CG version of it. And it doesn't look that bad. Now, it's funny. The more years go by, I can just see it. I'm like, yeah, that's for real, not real. But when I remember seeing it, I was like, that looks amazing. I think it looked great. Yeah. There was a point where I actually had to Google it because I thought it was, like, if you had told me that was Peter Cushing, I would have fucking believed you. Like, yeah, amazing. So this movie has a ton of nods and actually clips. So they used a ton of unused footage of uh, rogue leaders in other squadrons. For this film, so there's a point where there's a ton of them. So Luke, he was, uh, he wasn't Red Leader. He was, he was Red Leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're flying around, and so they talk about Gold Leader and Blue, and I was like, holy shit! And so they pulled all these old things, and like I said, this is the beginning of hey, let's pull old stuff and just make it look shiny for this one. And this movie, it had all the the right ingredients, and it worked. And I'm very happy with this film. Unfortunately, Disney had a ton of ideas for other movies, but the oversaturation of Star Wars films, I would say, stopped that in their tracks. Because after mm-hmm. Solo, they were going to do a Boba Fett movie. And they it were going to do... Uh, oh, there were like two more movies I don't know set. if I agree that it's it was an oversaturation problem. But uh, for me, at least personally, it was a shitty movie problem. Because Seven came out, and it was wonderful. And then Rogue One came out, and it was wonderful. And then Eight came out, and you could just throw that shit on the fire right now. And then Solo came out, and that was an even bigger dumpster fire. And then Disney had to, like, scramble to fix what had gone wrong in Eight so that they could finish Nine where they needed it to finish. Um, and nine feels really rushed and there's just like a hella shit happening in it. So I don't necessarily think it was oversaturation as much as it was two really shitty movies being released back to back. Well, there were plans for at least two more films and they were dropping them like a little bit more than six months out from each other. Mm -hmm. It, it, It just felt like I remember when seven one eight came out and then solo was right after and i'm like fuck man we just got one i was like that's a little too much you know i love movies but fuck don't force me to have to watch the new shiny thing right after the other new shiny thing just happened i get grumpy about that give me time to relax so says the man who totally watches three marvel movies a year yeah well, happily <laughs> shows are coming out every fucking three months in between Disney and so after this Disney relaxed a little bit on Star Wars movies and then Mandalorian the show came out and they're like oh y'all like shows shit we can crack all of the shows and now the shows I feel hopefully it doesn't get to this point I think they're cracking out a little too many shows in addition to Marvel shows at the same time so we'll see but Disney like I said when they know they have something good you best damn believe they're going to crack them out. So, uh, but either way, sorry, we're talking about the money and stuff, but this movie's great. This happens a week before A New Hope. So, the beginning of Star Wars. And honestly, you could actually put 
Rogue One super cut it right into the beginning of A New Hope, and mm-hmm. it would work. The, Absolutely. It, it, oh, yeah. I, it's it's a fun one. It's a fun one. So real it's quick, done so well. So real quick, Katie, what do you think about Rogue One? I absolutely love this movie. Like I've already mentioned, this is my favorite Star Wars movie of all eleven films that we have gotten. This is my favorite. I don't care that it's a prequel, and most of the people that we that we meet end up dying. Like I expect that, uh, but it is so freaking good, and the way that they chose to cut it to and connect it to four is just it's so good like i remember seeing this in the theater and the very end of this movie everyone like the last five minutes of this movie maybe five minutes yeah like 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 five minutes uh of this movie the entire theater was like it was electric everyone was so fucking hyped from the moment you see one main character to the moment you see another main character everyone is just losing their shit in their seats because it is just like star wars dreams come true it's so fucking good what about you it's great i i've said this before it's not horror it's not sci-fi it's fucking a heist movie it's one of my favorite genres of all time because i love a good ensemble cast if you pick the right people they have the right dialogue. They have the right rapport with each other. The movie, the, the, the plot doesn't even have to be that good. It's, like I said, and I say this all the time, if if the supporting characters are A1, I don't give a shit what the main character's doing. They could be the most emo, grumpy person ever. Now, Jen, she isn't that bad of a main character, but fuck a duck. She gets orbited by the people around her. There are so many better characters than than Jen. She can't help that. That's not her fault. It's not that she's a woman or anything like that. It's just shit. When Donnie Yen <laughs> is four steps away from you. You didn't even mention that he was in this movie. Yeah, I was saving it to the end. But yes, Donnie Yen is also in this bad boy. I was going to That's ex- our boy. Do some y'all, y'all know. If you've been here for a while, you know Donnie Yen's yeah, our boy. It's, uh, it's, yeah, she can't help that. She can't help but not being the best character in the movie. Yeah. Because everybody else around her is awesome. It's unfortunate. So. She actually, the actress does great. The The role is really good. Um, and the way that she moves, the way that her character arc kind of goes is fucking fantastic. But the rest of the cast is so goddamn good. Yeah. You can't even, like, I'm not even upset. I, I It's... Yeah, it's I'm, so I'm not mad. It's just, it sucks. It sucks for her. Yeah. So, well, we'll get through the story. And then while we get to points, I'll stop and then explain things. Because they, the people that wrote and helped with this story, they, um, there were a lot of things that they talked to Lucas about, George Lucas, and they brought things back. And so, like the original name for Star Wars and a certain group. And it it's really cool stuff. And yeah. And just like any other movies, like Star Killer Base, that was supposed to be Luke's original last name. But then they were like, nah, that sounds awesome. Star Killer? We'll make that something evil then. So yeah. there's not. Star Killer? What a yeah. fucking name. Yeah, he's going to be Luke Star Killer. This movie would not. The Star Wars series would not have had as much success if his last name was Star Killer. I think it would have stopped at like two movies. Yeah. And that's why Star Killer was a sweet-ass secret apprentice for Darth Vader. They should make that movie. Fuck, that'd be good. So, 
Anyway, we'll get through this story, and like I said, I'm going to stop in a couple of points and explain things. But we meet up with a flashback to Galen Erso, and like I said, he is a research scientist, this awesome dude. And then him and his family, they're hiding on this planet, and then evil... The Empire rolls up. Yeah, the Empire, along with his friend Krennic, they come up and they tell Galen that, hey, we, we need your help to, to finish this, you know... This this space station this weapon and mm. he and so he tells Krennic that his wife died and he has sent his wife and his daughter to go hide yes because he knows because these are bad people if they know that he has things to fight for or things he won't want to lose yeah all he have to do is hold them captive and he'll do these things so he's like please do not pop out yeah. the wife pops out and you know. Get the shit rocked. Yeah, she dies. And so Jen, she escapes. And they had this plan. And so she hides in this bunker. And later on, she gets picked up by friend Saw Guerrera. And Galen willingly goes with the Empire to finish this super weapon. And so 15 years later, we meet up with a cargo pilot. He defects from the Empire because he got a message from Galen to send to Saw Gerrera. And so they are on the planet Jetta. <laughs> Jetta. That's actually like a real place. But, so, Cassian Andor, he is part of the Rebel Alliance, and he learns that that pilot, he defected, and he there's info about some super weapon. And so it's Andor's mission is to find this guy, find out what he knows. If you can get close to Saw Gerrera, kill his ass because he is he's an extremist he's a rebel but he's on the super crazy side of it so if katie was like hey we need to beat the empire and and save the world and i'm like yeah i like all those things but if kids get them away i'm gonna shoot them too because a couple of kids dying is awesome for the cause and they're like maybe we shouldn't kill the kids fuck that noise if a kid get them away i'm shooting them I mean, I'm the extreme one. There's a lot of people like that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's uh, very, like, Killmonger-y. Like, yeah. if you think about Killmonger from Black Panther, he was very much like, oh, well, my people all around the world should have all of these technologies. Which, like, yes, agreeable. That's a that's good idea. And to do it, I'm going to kill everybody. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Pump your brakes, bro. Yeah, that's, that, right. that's, that's, that's a little much. That's how we save the world, right? That's, that's a little much. You went... You went you were there, and then you just took it a little too far. Yeah, right. Yes and no. That's how you <laughs> save the world. So, Jen Erso, she is uh, going to a labor camp. So, she got arrested for something. Who knows she, what? She's a, she's a bad kid. She's wild. She's a bad kid. And she gets saved by the Rebel Alliance. They come in and just light the place up, kill all the soldiers. And she actually fights them because she ain't trying to go with nobody. I feel her on that. They're like, hey, we saved you. Fuck you. Bam. I'm out. <laughs> and so, they grab her. And Mon Mothma and Bail Organa, hey, it's Jimmy Smith. They talk to her and they tell her that we need you to talk to Saw Gerrera and get in there. Because if we get close, he's going to kill us. He doesn't like the anyone, the normie rebels. Yeah, but he knows you yeah. and we know that you know him. Probably got some type of love for you. Yeah, there's some you. type of alliance there. So you can get a, your name alone will be will get us farther than we will yeah. get by ourselves. And then... You guys need to try to rescue your dad, Galen, 
so we can learn more about this weapon because this this death star apparently is an absurd weapon we'll find out later how fucking absurd it is especially in the next movie but this thing it could end everything really fast so we gotta learn this and then they take Cassian off to the side and Mon Mothma and some other leaders are like hey um Mon Mothma oh just the one guy from sex education yeah they're like hey um yeah if you get close enough to Galen and or Sagara, yeah, you can shoot them in the head. Just kill them. Because it'd be better if they're not around to, like, give more plans out. But in my head, I was like, if the thing's already built, who cares if he's alive? I guess maybe he could build another one. But they already got the well, plans for the, it. The rebel intelligence at this point... Oh, they don't know Didn't it's done know done. that yeah. it... Didn't know how close it was to being done. So their thought was, if Galen is dead, then they won't be able to finish it without him, right? True. So it'll just stop in its tracks. But That's true. That is not correct. Yeah. So, Jen, Cassian, and Cassian's best buddy, K2SO. He is an Imperial droid. I don't think the K2SO... Uh, oh, it's, it's an Imperial security droid. So if you play Fallen Order, they're the big, tall, scary, like, gunmetal ones that take so many hits. And they grab you, they just choke you out. They're the worst. <laughs> so they travel to Jeddah, and they see that the Empire, they're removing kyber crystals from the holy city to power the Death Star. Hey, that's so fucking cool. They're using what powers the lightsabers from their enemies to destroy their enemies. So kyber crystals, if you don't know what that is, it's the sweet-ass tiny little crystal, and it powers the lightsaber. It, it's what makes the lightsaber a scary beam of light that will cut through anything if, if it touches it. If you build a lightsaber in Disneyland, you get to have a kyber crystal. Yes. You get to pick your own. Pick what color you want. The color of kyber crystal you choose determines what color your lightsaber will be. Yeah. It's fucking cool. Sometimes the intensity of it. Yeah. Uh, different movies and games talk about it. Like, oh, you got a white one. That's you did a lot of stuff to make this white one work so it's it's a little crazy but they're grabbing kyber crystals because lord 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 this death star fucks things up so later on with the star killer base which is like i don't know 100 times bigger than a death star it just eats the core of planets to power it to shoot things which i think is a cooler no it doesn't eat it eats stars i think what the star killer base in episode uh Eight, nine. No, in seven. It seven? didn't eat a sun to shoot uh, off beams. What did it do? I don't know. It was a whole planet that was built within a planet. Yeah, yeah. Was, I and then think they it, shot it at a planet, and it basically like created a black hole that sucked the entire planet into yeah, well, it. Yeah, well, it shot just, multiple like, planets at imploded. once. It was yeah, fucking I, wild. I think it ate it, it ate a sun to power itself, which I think is a cooler and scarier way to do it than use kyber crystals. But that's. A couple years down the road. The amount of kyber crystals that the Empire must have stolen for this Star Wars, or taken for this shit to work, like... Yeah, it's... That's outrageous. You could have just made 800 Siths, 9, 9 million eh, Siths. I know it wouldn't work. I, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and the Siths are... There's, there can only ever be two or whatever the fuck, but... Yeah. There's not that many right now, but ain't that many Jedi either, so... Um, so, Saw... And his groups, they're fighting the Empire down on the ground. And we have Jin, Cassian, and K2SO. He pops up later, but they're fighting and stuff. And they actually get saved 
by a blind warrior. His name is Cherut, and his buddy Baze. So they, Baze. huh? Baze. Is it Baze? Okay, it's I thought Baze. it was Baze. Okay, and his buddy Baze. So now I'm excited to talk about this part. Cherut and Baze. 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 They are part of a group called the Guardians of the Wills. Mm-hmm. So the original idea name of Star Wars is going to be Journal of the Wills. And it was going to be just narrated by some character, probably Yoda, that experienced all of this. Kind of like a Watcher situation. And it's like, hey, y'all want to hear a cool-ass story? Well, I'm going to tell you a story about Luke Starkiller (laughs) fighting a scary guy in a suit, you know? Making out with the princess, you know? So, the Guardians of the Wills, they're part of this order that protect the Sacred Temple... Uh, there's different temples and stuff, but they protect the one on Jeddah. And they are neutral to everything. So, if anything, they're closest to, like, a great Jedi, I suppose. But they're right in the middle, and they follow the fact that the Force is all around them, and it's in them. And they just follow the will, wills, <laughs> of the Force. And, you know, our boy Chirrut uses it. Like, I don't know, a homing beacon to where he needs to be and what needs to go down. And uh, there's another character, I want to say in that Hercules movie with The Rock, there was a character that was like, if I'm going to die, it's going to happen. And he gets through all this shit, he's like, oh my god, I survived. Oh yeah, the yeah. guy, he, um, fuck, what's the actor's name? It's the guy from um, John, John Wick. Wick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he runs the runs the thing, and yeah. I think he would would have been great as their grandpa in Supernatural. Yeah, so there's uh, a couple Ian of Ian McShane. Yes, I was like, I was gonna get there. There's a couple of characters where that is their jam. They're like, man, God's gonna guide me through this room. And I'm like, that's impossible. How did you get through that? He's like, I told you. So, um, but no, that was gonna be the original idea for Star Wars. It was just gonna be called the Wills, and the Wills are gonna be like these microbiotic like tiny little people like uh what's the thing that's inside of people the midichlorian kind of thing they were real tiny and they just manipulate the world the universe and so they used a force to change things up so that was the original idea so Chirrut and Baze? Baze. Baze. I'm trying to man I'm trying to fancy it up. Yeah. So Chirrut and Baze uh, Baze was kind of in the group, but then he, you know, he's he's a little too grumpy to be in a churchy group like this. But Chirrut, he is a practitioner. He is all about this world. And there is actually a phrase for, like, the odd couple kind of situation. I think it's a dyad. So we have two people that shouldn't work together, but they do work. And it's just like the odd couple. They absolutely hate each other. One's a clean freak and one's a slob. But they make each other better. And that's the thing that happens with them. And George Lucas loves characters like this. So we get Han Solo and Chewie. There's C-3PO and R2-D2. He loves putting two people together. And they're like, fuck, I hate you. You want to go get food? Yeah. And they go off together. They, they, They shouldn't be friends, but those are some of the best friends. Just like in Red Dwarf. Rimmer and Lister. It's like in everything. Yeah. Like Tony and Cap. Like, yeah. they shouldn't be friends, but they are until they're not. But then they're friends again. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so it's real cool. So Donnie Yen, when he got asked to be in this movie and play Chirrut, he had a couple of 
prerequisites. So he actually didn't want to be too far from his family, and he was going to say no to the movie. But then his son was like, bro, no, be in the Star Wars movie. That's awesome. He's like, it is? Okay. And he wanted to make sure that his character was just going to be some guy that knew karate, you know, because he's been in a lot of American movies, and that was all he did, and then he just would die off screen or something. He's like, I want him to be special. And he actually wanted Chirrut to be blind. He actually came up with the idea, and he got to pick the right color of blue that his eyes were all faded out and stuff. And he wanted him to be funny. So all these things, Donnie Yen made this character the way he is. And he's like, nah, man, I don't want to be serious. And I'm serious in a certain way. He's like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know, a preacher. That's just real silly. And it's not against beating people up because that's the way the world, you know, that's that's how we save the world. You know, so it's an amazing character. So uh, I, I thought that was real cool that they leaned back to the fact that the original name of the Star Wars series, The Wills. So yeah, he's so he's a guardian of the Wills. So they meet up and actually save Jin and Cassian from a ton of Empire stormtroopers. Stormtroopers, and he's beating the fuck out of them. And he has this bow staff that's yep. got pieces of like a lightsaber attached to it. He's got metal pieces. I remember when the trailer came out, a lot of us thought that he was just hiding his lightsaber on a staff. And at some point, he was going to ignite it. I really yeah. thought he was going to ignite his lightsaber. Well, there's a moment in this film, we're almost to the point where he says it, but there's a there's a point coming up in a couple minutes where they are trapped, and he's talking to Cassian, kind of explaining who they are and what, they're, what they do. And um, Baze is just kind of, like, pissed off in the corner. And, you know, Cassian says some shit about getting out of here, and Baze is like, we ain't getting out of here. Like, we're <laughs> fucked. And Donnie Yen, like, turns to him and is, or turns to Cassian and is like, this is Baze. He was once one of the most feared Jedi ever. But he has since, like, lost his, but that was, or he says, like, but that was a long time ago. So he is also secretly a Jedi at some point, somewhere, but we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So, uh, like Katie said, they actually meet up with Saw Gerrera and they all get captive. They get grabbed because he's a very he's super, crazy person. super rebellion. So Saw shows Jin the message from her dad and he says that he built a weakness in the Death Star because he knew that it would be easier for him to lie and just be there and build the Death Star than try to fight. Yeah. You know? Because if he didn't fight, there wouldn't be a fucking weakness there. So Yeah, and he could make sure that the weakness was there. He could make sure that there was a way to destroy this thing. Yes, so he said it's easy. You just got to hit a certain spot and the whole thing will go up. Which makes more sense in episode four. Yeah. One torpedo, that bitch goes off like a minute later. Two torpedoes. Yeah. So all you have to do is get the schematics and then you can find the weak spot. He's, He's not that dumb. He doesn't just say what it is on the hologram just in case. He's like, you got to get the the plans. Yeah. And so while this is happening on the Death Star, Krennic, he orders a low-powered test shot to to test the Death Star because Vader has been waiting a very long time for this weapon and Grandmoff Tarkin, and they both kind of think that Krennic's kind of a hack and they don't think this is going to work. There's some wild shit because the the pilot left. Yes. The pilot escaped, so they're like, um... something's going on with your operation. Clearly you don't have a handle on things because this pilot escaped. 
So we're going to need to see a test of this weapon. Yeah. It's because they just want to make sure it's not a fucking dud. Yeah. So they aim at Jeddah's capital. And so Saw and his group, they're maybe a couple miles away, I would say. And the beam goes off. And fuck a duck. It destroys Jeddah. And then the destruction just keeps moving. So Saw tells them they need to leave. And Andor comes into the room. He's about to shoot. Saw Guerrero real quick, but then he stops and Saw's like, go, leave with him. Just, just get out of here. Save your dad. Sa- save everybody. Jen's fucked up because she hasn't seen her dad in 15 years. And all of a sudden she finds out that he's alive, one, and sees this hologram of him where she, you know, in the end of the hologram, he basically explains, like, the only way that I got through these last 15 years is thinking of you and hoping that you were still alive and I love you, and, like, blah, 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 right? All this, like, lovey-dovey shit to Jin. So she's fucked up. Like, she's a little, like, crying puddle on the ground, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> so, Grimoff Tarkin, he's like, hey, man, good job, Krennic. This thing is fucking cool. Yeah, I'm gonna be in charge now, because I can't really trust you that much. And you plus, did so good! Thanks for my new toy! And plus, it's gonna make me look better, so, you know. Fucking uh, Tarkin's a bitch. Uh, take care of your shit, because we kind of don't trust you, and since you're not in charge of anything... It's easier to get rid of you now, so you should probably fix all of this shit. So, Krennic is pissed off, and he's going to start scooting off to look for that pilot. He's he's hoping the pilot died on the planet, but just in case, they're going to look around. So, they head off to the um, research facility on another planet, and Cassian, they actually meet up with Galen. He's there, and they're like, holy shit. And then... The rebel bombers, they come down to the facility because, like I said, Cassian had secret orders. And he's like, we could we could fuck this place up right now. But then Krennic, Galen's wounded and Krennic is there. And it's a whole lot of shooting and fighting and stuff. And he gets away. And they hop on a stolen Imperial shuttle. Yeah. And they get out of there. So. And this is kind of the moment where you get to, where the whole team kind of really starts trusting each other. Um, it's it's a really cool situation. Like, the, um, the, fuck, the pilot who left, who defected from the Empire, um, he has been trying to prove that he is, f- like, fully defected and doesn't give a fuck about the Empire. And this is really his moment to shine where he gets a chance to be like, yeah, let me fucking pilot you guys out of here and get the fuck out. And... Um, at the same time, Jin and Cassian are having, like, a whole argument fight because Jin knows that Cassian was going to kill her dad. Yeah. Um, and then he argues back, yeah, I was going to, but I didn't. That wasn't me. Um, that was this other dude. That was fucking Krennic, so not my fault. Yeah. So while this is happening, Krennic, he actually gets called, um, to meet with Darth Vader. And I believe they're on... Uh, oh, Mustafar. Yes, so they're back at uh, Vader's Darth Vader's palace, volcano home, his nice new home, and they talk about <laughs> a volcano home like it's a vacation home. Yeah, he lives there, so <laughs> it's it's a sweet home. So he talks about the attack on Jeddah and all these things, and Krennic actually wants to talk to to the Emperor. He wants to he wants to go to the top. He's pulling a Karen. He's like, like let, me, let me go to the tip top. Cause... Yeah, let me talk to him, and then we can work all this shit out. And Vader, he's like, well, you talking too much. You can get choked for a little bit. Yeah. And he tells him not to choke on his aspirations. He pulls a dad joke. He sure does. 
Yeah. Which is hilarious. Yeah, he chokes him the fuck we're out. We're about to learn in the next movie that he is, in fact, a dad. So, yeah. so uh, I remember uh, our buddy Ryan, we were talking about that line. He's like, that's a dad joke. And he loves corny jokes like that. He's like, yeah. that's a dad joke if I ever heard one. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I giggle every time I, every time I hear it. I'm yeah. just like, I hope you choke on your aspirations. I'm like, you <laughs> motherfucker. So Vader tells him he needs to get his shit in order, just like everybody else said in the movie so he's like fuck man we gotta i gotta make sure this shit's right so jen she talks to the rebels and she has a plan to steal the schematics of the death star and using their stolen cargo ship get down there and get it and get the fuck out it's it's, it's the easiest way yeah and less resistance we can sneak in there get it get the fuck out the rebels are like that's a stupid plan it is a stupid plan but it's the only one they got. She gives a really, really good speech in this moment when most of the rebels are like, no, nah, let's just, like, leave it be. This is too wild, and our forces are too small. Like, we gotta go. Sorry, we're just gonna go hide. Yeah. And she gives a... Jen gives a really powerful speech about... Uh, like, it's not about um, hide, running and hiding. It's about, like... You know, y'all want to talk about choices. What choice do we have? There's no other option, basically. If we don't do this, we'll be running forever until we're dead. At least this gives us a choice. This gives us hope. And they keep saying hope because, you know, episode four, a new hope. Yes. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so Jen, she takes the cargo ship and a couple of people that actually believe in her. Because and- Cassian, like, walks away and he yeah. gathers up a bunch of pilots who are like, you sound like that sounds like a great plan let's fucking go yeah and they head off and while they're getting the ship ready uh people on the radio are like hey you have, what's your designation why are you about to leave like what what what's what, what's your call sign he's like ah rogue one they're like rogue one we don't have one of those bye and then they scoot off <laughs> it's real so quick. good so but yes yeah, so they head into the base uh jen and cassian they get themselves some outfits and they take k2so because he would be in there if he wasn't reprogrammed while the other rebels they take on the different garrisons and openings into the base and they set bombs everywhere it was like miles away they set all these fucking bombs and stuff and then kablooey they start the fight and so everyone's looking toward the explosions and Andor and Jin can get closer and into where all the plans are. It's actually a really good plan. So the the communications are being jammed so no one can get their plans in or out. So they have to move the satellite dish and then the whole planet's got this like giant shield over it so they gotta get past the shield. So there's all these things they have to get past and like fuck man, there's so many yeah. Things we have to fight against and we're by ourselves when, in here. When we see them like get to the planet, before they even get on the planet, we see them go through a gate. Um, similar to like the ones in Cowboy Bebop, like how they travel from gate to gate. But this one is blocking the planet. Fr- like they have the ability to shut the gate so that nobody else can come onto the planet. Um, and that becomes very important in a couple of minutes. Yes. So the Alliance actually hear a couple of rumblings of some type of attack from the communique, and they're like, oh, shit, they're doing it. They got in. Damn, they're halfway done with the plan. Fuck, we should actually help. Quick, 
jump to light speed. Send everybody we got. So they actually pop up and we get a ton of people to fight to help with the distraction. And they're like, if we can get through the shield. And so all the rebels on the outside of the planet, they're like, we just got to get past this fucking shield. If we get past that, we can get down to the ground and we can jump this place real quick. Get the plants, get the fuck out of here, and then we can just run off. Because they yeah. know they can't win when they have... Yeah. The bad guys have more people, but if they can fight really fast, then they can scoot the fuck out. Yeah, so. also there's two full-ass Star Destroyers sitting on the outside of this fucking planet. Just orbiting this little portal thing, yeah. like waiting for some shit to pop off, protecting their shit on the, on the yeah. floor. So, just like in any heist movie, every review I've done of a heist movie this month, this is the point where everyone has to die one by one. It mm-hmm. happens in every heist movie we watch. I'm trying to think of one, what, the Italian job? A lot of them lived in the end, I think. Uh, fuck. There's probably another heist movie out there where people... Oceans 8. Yes. No. So the Oceans ones, they do pretty good. I was going to say, the alive. Oceans ones, like, everybody pretty but much But they don't lives. get that real. They're not, like... It's a different kind of heist. They're stealing different kind of shit. Yeah, but in those heist movies, there's not, like... At least 30 minutes of gunfire. That's what I'm saying. They're stealing different kind of shit. It's a different type of heist movie. Those ones are like classy, fancy heist movies. Whereas most other heist movies are like, we're going to go in guns blazing. We're going to steal this money. We're going to get the fuck out. Yeah. Like set it off. They were just like, we're stealing from this bank. We got guns and guns and guns. Let's fucking go. Yeah. So at this point, we learn that there's a couple of things that need to be done before they can get anything done. So the pilot, he realizes that they have to get the communications up. So they have to unjam the system and they have to get the shield down. So he's like, I can get a message out and tell them that we need to get the shield down and we can blast the message out to them. But we have to plug into the system and I need this like little switch in the middle of just Death County. I need that turned on. And all these soldiers are trying their best to get there. And then our boy, Chirut, he stands up and he says... I am one with the Force and the Force is with me. And he just walks and says that... I am one with the Force and the Force is with me. And Baze is like, what the fuck are you doing? And he gets up and he's shooting off people and Chirut makes it to the button. And he presses it. It's when communications are up. And they tell the Rebel Alliance off-planet... They're like, send a message real quick. Yeah, they're like, you, we gotta get that shield down. That's the only way we're gonna get this going. And then the people... You guys have to destroy the shield from up from up yeah. there. We can't do it down here. You gotta destroy it up yeah. there. And one of the captains like, I have the dumbest idea ever. Hold on. <laughs> so... They're all shooting at... They shoot at it for a long time. Yes. Yeah, so... It's like five minute battle <laughs> happening around this ring where they're trying to destroy it. It's so cool. Chirut, he gets hit with an explosion after this. And he goes down... And and then Baze, he's like, oh, my buddy. And he m- takes this gigantic long walk to Chirut's body. And he gets shot a couple of times. And he takes out a ton of soldiers by himself. And then he takes a grenade and they both die. And so I was like, oh, oh we die together. My, my favorites. At this point, the pilot, he gets fucked up. Uh, the ship gets a grenade thrown into it. And he can't grab it in time and throw it out, so he blows up. So mm-hmm. I was like, damn, all my, my peoples. K2SO realizing that, well, one stormtrooper saw me and I killed him. That means more are coming. Well, fuck, here's three of them I killed. It's just going to get worse and worse. He locks Jin 
and Andor into the vault with all the plans. And he's like, just climb out. He's like, what about you, bud? I'll hold him off. And then they talk to K2SO again. And he's like, hey, bud, okay, we, we got it. We can get out of here. And he's like, nah, I'm not getting out of here. And he's like, you keep going. And he's like, yeah. K- K- K2? Yeah, save the plans. And K2 dies. He takes out a lot of people, but yeah. he destroys the controls so they can't get the door open. But he gets lit the fuck up. So yes. another good friend dead. So Jin and Andor, they climb up to the top. And they are heading toward the satellite dish so they can send the communication. Because one of the captains up top, he has a hammerhead ship. And it's one of the ones that they nudge into other ships and push things around. One of the Star Destroyers gets EMP'd. And so all their systems are down. down. And they use a hammerhead to nudge the Star Destroyer into another Star Destroyer. So the two Star Destroyers get fucked. And they crash. By this one little tiny ship. Yeah. And then they crash into the, the shield generator and takes it down. And they're like, oh, holy shit. And so they start flying in. And so there's fights everywhere. And the captain's like, okay, we should probably skedaddle soon. Because at this point, other groups, other empire groups from other planets are on their way to help with the fight. They're like, yeah, yeah we, we did our part. Godspeed, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, at this point, Jin and Cassian, well, Cassian, he gets shot while they were getting away with the, the schematics, and he falls, and so she's like... He gets mm. shot at. I don't think he actually, like, takes yeah, but a he, bullet, he but falls he falls kind of far. And he lands, like, on a bar, like, twice, like, falling down this thing, this tunnel thing they're in. Yeah. So Jin gets to the top, and she transmits the schematics. Hooray! Well, she has to fix the satellite. Yeah. yeah I was, was going to say that. Yeah, she was fixing the satellite. A fucking TIE fighter, like, shoots at her for some reason and just flies off. I'm like, yeah. hey, look at that person. And then she meets up with Krennic. And Krennic's like, you crazy bitch. <laughs> He's like, you think this is going to save you? You think the, the rebels are going to win? He's like, you're not going to see it if they do win. And then, hooray, Andor, like, shoots him in the back. And he goes down. Like, hooray, doesn't die. Jen was actually going to go over there and stomp him out. But Andor was like, nah, man. Fuck it. We're, Forget him. Let it go. So they get, they obtain the schematics, and then they beam it up to the command ship. And so... It takes a minute for it to load, because this is the schemat, like, this is a big fucking file, and we're talking, like, think about just the 70s and the download speed. Like, (laughs) it's very slow. So Grandma Tarkin's like, well, we can just do a low-powered shot, destroy that antenna, because they're shooting something off. So... Krennic takes that beam straight to the mouth, and the impact just destroys the base, kills Andor, Jyn Erso, and everybody on the ground. So everyone's dead. The Rebel fleet, they're about to jump into hyperspace, because they're like, Woo, that planet's fucked up. We need to get the fuck out of here before, oh shit. Darth Vader's Star Destroyer pops in, and a couple of ships are halfway into hyper, like, jumping, and they just kind of get smushed by the Star Destroyer as it comes in. So, this this point, it's pretty fancy. So, Darth Vader, he boards the command ship, and the rebels, they are running with the plans, and they're, you know, they're trying to get to another ship and get away, and the door won't open, and so, on the other end of the doorway, is just complete darkness, and then the light of Darth Vader's lightsaber goes first we off. Hear the, first we hear his breathing. Yes. 
and then the lightsaber goes off and then this is the it's been decades since we've seen Darth Vader fight and honestly it might not be a hot take back in the day Vader fighting he was old at this point not that good of fighting honestly so we get to see youngish Darth Vader honestly not that further off from when he fights Obi-Wan it's all shitty which is really weird but whatever but we get to see Darth Vader swing on normal people they try their best to shoot him he's grabbing people smushing them into the ceilings he's choking people out grabbing multiple guns at once just and this is scary stuff this Vader is scary cool fun fact not even a fun fact but if you've played Fallen Order spoilers but that game's been out for years so fuck you if you haven't played it you should really play it at the end when you fight one of the sisters uh, I forgot what number she was but the seventh sister I think you hear breathing and then the sister is like oh fuck he's here and at this point your character doesn't know who Darth Vader is. He was at Order 66, but he didn't see Vader. And so Vader's standing in front of you, and you're like, who the fuck is this guy? And he's talking to his droid. He's like, who's this, who's this asshole? And the droid's like, mm-hmm. And the droid's like, let's kick his ass. He's like, yeah, let's kick his ass. You try to swing at Vader. Vader doesn't even lift his lightsaber when you fight him. He's just holding you back with the force, and you're like, oh, shit, he's kind of strong. And then he starts choking you out. And he's like, man, I don't know who you are, but you can die, little Jedi. And then you just rip down a pipe, and then like he gets hit by something. The rest of the stage is you running away, and Darth Vader warping the stage to stop you. You are running on a bridge. He is twisting it upside down, ripping parts away. He's like, where are you going, little man? And you're like, oh, sweet Jesus. So there's no more fighting. It's just running. So I appreciate that they are bringing back the fear of Darth Vader because, you know, he was scary in the original ones, but he is, I've never seen him this this scary, even in the Obi-Wan show, Darth Vader's scary as fucking that, man, so, I appreciated this, this is the first time we see Vader as what he's supposed to be, a scary scary monster so, he kills all of the rebels and one rebel gets the door kind of open up like an eighth of the way and he passes the plans off. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Just go. Vader slices through the door. And they scoot off on the ship. And the rebels pass the plans off to Princess Leia. And the rebels like, what's on this? Like, what is these schematics? What is this going to do? And she's, what is this? You know, what is it? And she says, hope. And they fly off. And then Vader is standing there just like, hmm. Hops into a ship and starts the chase. And that begins episode four. So now someone brought up the fact when you watch the original movies, episode four, when Vader gets into the ship and he's talking to Princess Leia, he is super duper duper mad. And people were like, why is he so pissed off? And it's like, it's like we're missing a part of the story. But now, after knowing what happened in Rogue One, the fact that he saw one little person running with something in his hand and he's like get just get out of here take this thing and he's like what is that thing is that thing i'm looking for and then that person gets on the ship and scoots off and he's like huh they chase him down get on that ship and he's like where's the thing and leia's like what are you talking about he's like bitch i know you got it where is it she's like i'm on a diplomatic mission bro and he's like now i get why he's mad i'd be mad too he's like i saw y'all steal it 
where is it? He's like, I will kill everybody on this ship. And he's like, well, I guess you won't find that thing if it's here. It might not even be here. So he's like, I'm going to torture the fuck out of you and I'm going to blow up your home planet. She's like, oh my God. So I understand why Vader is so grumpy at this point, but that's Rogue One. It's so fucking good. Sweet Jesus, oh, man. And we're talking about deep fakes. Princess Leia is also a deep fake because before this movie was filmed, unfortunately, we lost Carrie Fisher. Um, for this film, they actually used Carrie Fisher's daughter and then they deep faked her like little face accentuations to make it look exactly like Carrie from the from episode four. Yeah, New Hope. It looked great. Um, yeah, like I remember people crying in the theater at how accurate and sad they were that Carrie passed. Like all these emotions come up because Carrie had passed like pretty recently to when this film came out. It was like within. I don't know, a year, I think, because she had passed right before they started filming it. Um, Yeah, it's just heartbreaking, so. Yeah. So, Katie, who's your favorite character in Rogue One? Oh, that's, I mean, that's my boy Cassian Andor. Um, Again, I already kind of went off on a Diego Luna, you know, kick for a minute there. And it's for all of those same reasons, because I love Diego Luna, but also because he's just a badass. He's... It's similar to Poe Dameron um, from the newer series. He is a member of the Rebels, and his goal in this movie is to continue the Rebel Revolution, basically. He's trying to bring the Empire down. We get a little bit of backstory about how he has been involved in this since he was a child. Um, He has basically been a Rebel fighter since he was six. And, you know... it's just awful. Like, his life has sucked, and he will do anything to stop the Empire, including give his life. And it is just fantastic. His death in this movie, when him and Jin die on the beach, it is just heartbreaking to watch them. Like, they were so close. Like, they, they did their thing um, and did what they had to do, but they were so close to getting to winning and not dying, and then... I, I disagree. I think they all knew going down there that that was a suicide mission. Oh, I think they did, too. I think they did, too. But they could, like, I don't know. I don't, they could have had a happy ending and just fucking left. But it's fine. It's fine. Uh, we're going to get to see him in the show, so I'm happy about it. Yeah. I can't wait for the Cassie Nandor show. But he was just so good. Diego Luna's fantastic. Um, he basically doesn't put up with anyone's shit. Jen gave gave him a lot of shit at the beginning because she just did not give a fuck about the movement. And he was like, look, you don't have to fucking care, but you do have to do this or I'll kill you. So (laughs) uh, he was great. I liked him a lot. So I'm going with Chirrut and Baze, the the odd couple. That's always like my favorite characters in movies, the ones that just don't like each other, don't work, but they're best friends. They're the best, and I learned that Baze Malbus, that's Baze's full name, he's actually based off one of the writers of the movie, one of his Dungeons and Dragons characters that he grew up with, it was a half-elf, so he used that name, he's like, yeah, Baze, that, that's your name, bro, so I, I love them together, and anytime I can see Donnie Yen just be awesome, I'm, I'm gonna do it, I'm, I wish he could just be a Jedi, but... The way they make movies, it's all in that weird time where there's only, like, two Jedi, so he's gonna die anyway. So, so, yeah. 
make it later. He might live, but you know, they don't like having a lot of Jedi around and shit. That's so. fine. It makes sense. No, no, I just want him to be a Jedi. Anakin brought balance to the Force, okay? Yeah, okay. So, that's my favorite There's character. Two but, on each side. But, that's balanced. <laughs> I suppose. So, Katie, who's your who's your least favorite character? Uh, that would be Krennic. Fuck that guy. He is just slimy and smarmy and fucking trash and he's part of the empire who thinks he's somehow better than like darth vader you think you could talk to the fucking emperor palpatine out here like you're a nobody get the fuck out of here like yes you helped you were the person quote in charge of the death star that means nothing to the empire like they don't give a fuck about loyalty. They don't give a fuck about you. Palpatine don't give a fuck about anybody but Palpatine. So, fuck Krennic. He was just awful. My least favorite character, and it's usually the least favorite character in any Star Wars film when the Empire is involved, it's the, just the politics of being involved with the Empire. It, it, You know, and I get it. They're supposed to be evil, and they're... I guess moderately based on how Sith work because you're not supposed to have friends when you're a Sith. But, you know, it just it, it, it's so much infighting. No one trusts anybody fully and everyone's out to just steal ideas and kill people off. Shit, we see in the Obi-Wan show, we see people take power just by ganking folks when no one's around. They're like, oh, we by ourselves? Yeah, I'm in charge now. I'm like, god damn, but... That's how things work in the Empire. You just, you just gotta be an asshole. And Krennic, thinking that he was king shit asshole, meets two other assholes that are way more assholier than him. Tarkin, he's like, I'm old as fuck, but I'm gonna like take all your shit and then make you look like you're incompetent. Mm -hmm. And that dude over there, he can choke you from miles away because he's just crazy. And then lumpy face guy, if he ever comes up, you're gonna insta-die. So it's just assholes everywhere. And... It's always usually my least favorite part of the Star Wars movies, those moments where they have to be on the ship and they're all proper but assholes to each other. And So it's always my least favorite part. And hell, even later with Kylo, Kylo is, he's the opposite of all of them. He's just super emo and breaks things when he gets mad. At least they keep their composure when they get pissed off at each other. He goes into another room and breaks stuff. And then walks back out all calm, so. But he ain't just killing folks, so there's that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I bet he tried to kill somebody on a ship one day. But, yeah, that's my, always I mean, my least favorite. he does on favorite. SNL. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kyler Ren's a punk bitch. <laughs> what did you say? Yeah, right. So, Did let's... you know that I was Kylo Ren? <laughs> yes, we all knew when, right. you, when you threw him into the vending machine. <laughs> so let's do seven word synopsis. So, I got two and a half so my first one is darth vader cracked out a dad joke when i heard it i was like damn that's corny as fuck bro but i'm like oh yeah you are a dad and but like he didn't know he was a dad i know but you got to think this is the man that caught on fire and almost died on a volcano planet and makes a home right next on said volcano planet. yeah so he just thinks he's just the most bad baddest bitch ever i'm like I'm talking about fucking emo yeah he's he thinks he's cool everything he says he probably thinks is the coolest thing you could say so um he's a sassy one even now in obi-wan he was trying to be sassy with his lines so and i have a 14 word one and i'm probably gonna take yours so sorry but i am one with the force the force is with me best quote ever not 
You're not. Hey, okay. Katie. Forrest Whitaker went full crazy in this. You never go full crazy. You never go full crazy. Um, and then one of the best heist movies ever. And my last one. Chirut's faith in the Force saves day. Yeah. <laughs> Think about the fact that if he had not had all of that faith that the Force would protect him on his journey from the bunker to that little switch, all, there would have been no communication. They wouldn't have been able to send the plans. Like, he was integral to this fucking plan happening, and his belief that the Force would protect him was... 100% like be like oh it's so good I mean it's funny in episode 4 when Ghost Obi-Wan's like use the force he's like but my targeting system's out just use the force bro he closes his eyes and shoots the torpedoes off and like oh well dang <laughs> you know he believes so in the force you just gotta believe enough and then you know the cool little spirits would be like yeah I'll make that shot work nah don't shoot him y'all and then the other spirits just move the bullets out of the way and he walks and presses the button so I like to think that there's just tiny little spears. Just, just like fucking Qui-Gon, like scooping that shit into the yeah. <laughs> into the little hole where it needs to go. I saw a meme and Padme's ghost is talking to Obi-Wan. And it's like, hey, how are my children doing? Are you, have you been keeping them safe? He's like, yeah, yeah. Let's go check in on them. And then it's in, what, uh, episode four when they kiss. And they're like, oh my god. <laughs> He's yeah. like, I'm so sorry. I, I should have told him. I should have told him, yeah, my bad. <laughs> I like in, um, real quick, in, um, oh, what's that song? The Bad Lip Reading, they do the song, uh, Bushes of Love. Uh, I was gonna say and Bushes. it's about how how Anakin died. A, a chicken-headed, duck-feeted woman monster ripped him up, and they had to change the floors because all the blood. But at the, <laughs> end so of the, at the end of the song, he's like, oh, I had this dream about this girl, and she kept kissing me over and over. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, yeah, remind me, I got to tell you something about that later. <laughs> and then he never does. So. <laughs> Every day I worry all day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That I'd be so scared if a chicken-headed thing came out the bushes. I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that's rad. <laughs> Otis would be scared if anything came out of the bushes. Yeah, I don't like things coming out of the bushes at me. A cat, a mouse, anything. Because it came out the bushes... With bad intentions. Nothing comes out of bushes like, yeah, you want a million dollars. Like, no. It's like, you know, give me that skin you got. I'm like, Ugh. But anyway, this film came out, and I just looked at the date, and it was probably the most perfect date ever. Ew, it's a December film. Ugh. Yeah. So, December 16th, 2016. So, Katie, how much do you think the budget was for this film? $30 million. That's cute. I have no idea. Between 200 to 265 million. Huh. Oh, yeah. This is an action film. I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My bad. So, what My do you think bad. the box office was? Uh, $1 billion. $1.056 Oh, so. So, it hit that billy. Yeah. And just like I said, hey, a Star, a Star Wars movie with only one Skywalker for like 10 minutes made a billion? Yeah. Fuck yeah, let's run yeah. that shit. So. We've been watching too many regular-ass movies. I haven't been, like, on my... I wasn't on my blockbuster game for that budget. <laughs> $30 million, please. Yeah, That's so <laughs> I think at that point, I think it's lower now, but it's the 20th highest-grossing film of all time. I think it has moved down since then? Oh, for sure, because of Endgame and stuff. Mm, no, because this gets updated continually. Oh, okay. Well, right on. So... 
Uh, yeah, it, this movie made a ton of money. So, it, you know, there was some. Let me see the reception. I want to say some people were like, "It's good. It ain't perfect." No, but, you know how people are. But a ton of people went to see it because it's a heist movie. Like, what do you what do you want? But usual. What? The, and its connection to four. Everyone was yeah. like, "Are you what? We're getting a." Something that's in between three and four, give it to me. So the usual average grade, it's around like an A, maybe an A minus. One reviewer for IGN actually, he says Rogue One is a movie crammed with fan service, but when fan service is done this well, there's a little t- to complain about. <laughs> so it's like you can give me all the dumb shit, but just make it make it work. Just like with No Way Home, we got three spider people. Just make it work, and I'll be happy with it. So, you know, you had me when you had multiple spider people. Just just make give me a good plan. So, um, some people out there, some dumb people said, no, uh, this film doesn't have the same emotional weight as The Force Awakens. I, highly, I really doubt that. But they said no character in Rogue One was strongly compelling, which I don't know if they watch a lot of heist movies. That's kind of the point. Everyone's sharing the weight because they're all there for the same purpose usually at least one person like danny ocean he's got to have a little more like motivation because he's always got some woman in his life or something else there but usually the weight is shared between everybody so you know okay of all time yeah this movie sits at number 40 yeah for highest grossing film that's what i felt i felt it probably moved down some well there's a there's a problem with the highest grossing of all time because a lot of the movie like half the movies in this top 40 that i'm looking at have all been re-released like it's not just from their one run in the theater it's like oh well lion king is top grossing because it did really well in 1995 and then we re-released it for the 20th anniversary in 2015 and a whole bunch more people saw it and it made more money then like it's a bunch of like combos like that of movies that got to do multiple runs and like most of this film most of this is fucking superhero films yeah there's like a handful of transformers movies on here the lord of the rings all the spider-men like a couple of animated things harry potter and then just it's just Avengers, 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 and then Titanic and Avatar. So, yep, yep. so do you have anything else to say about Rogue One? This is such a good movie. If you are a Star Wars fan and you have not seen this movie, you need to go do that right now. It's on Disney Plus. It is fantastic. Like it fits so well in between three and four, or even like if you're a purist and you're like the prequels suck, which I disagree with you, but if you're one of those people and you don't ever want to watch the prequels again, that's fine. Don't even watch it. Start at Rogue One, which takes place literally like Otis said, like 10 minutes before episode four starts. Watch Rogue One, episode four, five, six. Like it is beautiful. It is such a well-told story and the new like the cgi and stuff that we're seeing star wars in a new light even if you didn't like the newer movies for whatever reason like it's beautiful the ability to make star wars as pretty as it is has come so far in the 40 years since its original release and it is just fucking fantastic almost 50 years yeah 45 years so it's a question i've asked greg with the other episodes that we did, but comparing this film to the whole 
genre of heist films and how does it stand up to a heist one, it's pretty solid. Like we like we get the recruitment of characters, not in the same traditional sense, not like an Ocean's film. It's they're recruited because of I don't know necessity. A planet exploded, so it's like I guess I'm here with you and I want to save the world, but. I mean, it's the same steps of ice film. Everyone has a special ability. They have a job that they have to do. Yep. And one by one. You do this, you do that. Yeah, and one by one, they go down. So uh, one complaint about this movie was it didn't didn't get to soar as high as it should have because it was trapped with a destiny that it couldn't escape. And I absolutely agree with that. And everybody wants to make these films and shows in this tiny little bubble after episode three, before episode four. And everything we watch and listen to right now, it's all in that bubble. And so you're forced to certain things. You Except know. Boba Fett and Mandalorian. That's, what, that's after. After six. Yeah. yeah. So it's all in this weird little spot. Yeah. And, you know, and with, with this film... These are the people that died to get the plans to the rebels. So, you yeah. know, it's like like we said before, they're stuck in this fate. And which I'm fine with that because a prequel film, so y'all all dying. Because they never talk about Jenner so after this. So you got to die in this movie. Yeah. In heist film, you're probably going to die. So I I love it. And in, in, in the uh, echelon of heist films, this one's up there. And it's got the cool little caveat of being a Star Wars film. So it, it it's easily accessible to just about anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really appreciate in movies. Horror, normal, action. Is it accessible to people? Yeah. And if you got that... What's, what's really cool about this film is that, yes, it is uniquely Star Wars. Um, and it does tie directly into the future Star Wars films that are set right after this. But you could know zero things about Star Wars other than it takes place in space yeah. and watch this film and still enjoy the fuck out of it. Yeah, that's the like, magical part If you about like it. any type of sci-fi, even if you just hate Star Wars or whatever, like this story makes sense from beginning to end. They explain where the origins of the Death Star started they show you what the Death Star can do. They explain that there are plans that need to be taken so that eventually we can have a chance at fucking defeating this Death Star thing. And they show you how those plans in- eventually end up in the hands of the good guys. Like, just beautiful from start to finish. And you definitely don't even have to be a Star Wars fan to enjoy it. Though, it does help, and some of the jokes are a lot funnier that way. But, it was fantastic. Okay, so that is the end of the show. So if you have any other cool fun facts about Star Wars or the Wills or, I don't know, different pictures of Yoda and stuff, or Yaddle, the one that's got the Elvis hair, you can or tweet. Or Grogu. Yeah, you can tweet us at. Allentown Pod. We have an email, it is. Allentownpresents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook at. Allentown Presents. So we are finishing up with Heist Month. So we had some sick moments and stuff, but people are getting a little bit stronger. But Greg and I, we're going to finish up Heist Month with a newer film. And it's got our buddy Mysterio from the second Spider-Man film. That is Jake Gyllenhaal and his... Donnie Darko. Yeah, Donald Darko. 
and his bubble boy and his brother from the new Candyman film, and they're riding around in an ambulance trying out the good shot from the dad of Raising Hope. So, uh, <laughs> it's a fun one. It it is. This sounds wild. Yeah, it. I mean, it is from the guy that made the Transformers films. So Michael Bay. It is a lot of explosions, but yeah, yeah. So we'll finish up this this month. All with, the explosions. With ambulance. And so, and then we'll move into Quentin Tarantino month. So I'm very excited about this. So thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back very soon with another heist film. Okay, bye guys. I am one with the force and the force is with me.